I'm not even added to the stream. Good morning, everybody, or afternoon, as the case may be. Sean Palmer here on Seth and Sean Sports Radio, and uh, we are anxiously awaiting uh, the return of Seth Kamens. He will be here in a second as soon as I send him this link. Uh, totally forgot to do that. So I'm sending that to him now, and uh, he should be on momentarily here. So from my new digs in uh, Boca Raton, Florida, as the general counsel of Grubber. So we will get to that shortly. We have a number of things to talk about today. First and primary, we definitely did end off last week's show talking about the the Mount Rushmore and of the Pittsburgh Steelers and how that was going to, uh, if Ben Roethlisberger was, I'm just uh, sending this over to Seth, if Ben Roethlisberger was going to be on that Mount Rushmore. And Seth was incredulous, quite frankly, when I mentioned that Roethlisberger with his retirement would be on that Mount Rushmore. And look, I understand that the Steelers are very much a storied franchise, if you will. And here is Seth. All right, Seth, we're, we're on. Hey, Seth. So that's Seth. I'm Sean. Seth and Sean Sports Radio here on Blog Talk Radio. Um, excuse, sorry, on StreamYard. Yeah, I'm so used to saying Blog Talk. We right? haven't been Blog Talk in a long time. Man. I know. So we're so we're here, and you could find us if you look at the bottom at Seth and Sean or on Facebook, Seth and Sean Sports. You can also find Seth at S Caymans and myself at SU Lawyer two zero zero one. And from Florida, from uh, some, I know. I know. Degree weather. 76 degrees, dude. It, it's a beautiful yeah, day. Plus, we had a plumbing emergency this morning because they told wow, us. Wow, that sounds like a really shitty situation. But um <laughs> they no, they're they're working on the plumbing on our on our on our pipes down in the basement. They said not to flush or shower. I did not, but our nanny did because she didn't know, so she took a shower and everything went whoosh, wow. the geyser. So I spent the last half hour cleaning up poop in our basement. Good times. Yeah, I hope you. Uh, now you're. Fro- I hope you changed your uh, gloves or whatever else you were wearing. Gloves? I don't need no stinking gloves. <laughs> All right. So last week we ended the show talking about Ben Roethlisberger's perhaps final game. It did come to fruition, and I did say that I believe Roethlisberger should be on the Mount Rushmore of. The Pittsburgh Steelers and and the look you gave me was one of incredulousness, where you said there basically there's no way that that can happen. Now, I'd like to bring that topic back to full full center. So so Roethlisberger Roethlisberger retires about 17 years as the quarterback of the Pittsburgh Steelers, drafted uh, I believe it was eighth or tenth overall. Uh, no, after- it was further down. It was, I think, it was around thirteenth. Okay, well, in the Eli Manning, Philip Rivers, right draft, where, where, okay. where, quite frankly, the Giants probably could have gotten Roethlisberger without giving up everything for Eli Manning. But of they, could they chose not to do that in typical Giant form, typical Jet form as well. And here we are, seventeen. Now the Jets form would have been you'd have drafted, you wouldn't have you'd have drafted some quarterback from Cal Davis that we never would have heard of again. That's Ken O'Brien. Anyway, so here we are 17 years later. Two Super Bowls, two Super Bowls later. Yes. The definitely the best quarterback of all time in Pittsburgh Steelers. Yes. History. He's a better quarterback than Bradshaw. I have yeah, no-, no question about it. And certainly at a different time, right? Than he was back then. What I stand to see is that. When Le'Veon Bell, and you can say that he was the, you might make the case he was the best player on those teams as well, at the time. I don't think so. Well, okay, you so like you make it, you certainly can't make it in this against Seattle. That was like his. That was give or take his second or third year. Second or third year. So, so that's a Palomalu as the best player. Palomalu was the best player. Dennis was a better player at that point, although he was kind of on the downhill trend. Um. Well, that was Bettis's last year, right? Okay, so I mean, all right. So Bettis, so who it was Heinz? I forget if Heinz Ward was there at that point, or he was he was a kind of a secondary player on that team. It was not a great team, 
Um, but no, the best player was Paul Mal. I don't think it's any. I don't think there's any debate about that. Okay, and then we get to the second second Super Bowl champ, and then you have Antonio Brown and Le'Veon. Basically, the Seth and Joe. No Le'Veon Bell. I don't even think you had Antonio Brown. You had Antonio Holmes. Oh, that's right. Sorry, San Antonio Holmes in the back of the end zone. My and that was a defense led by James Harrison. Yep. And Paul Malu again. And I just don't think he was – first of all, I don't know based on what he personal – again, I guess you're differentiating his personal to his professional. Because Well, in the NFL, that's what you do, right? When you talk about right. – When you're, when you're talking about the whole thing, that's what you do. That's what they specifically stated as opposed to baseball. Well, hold on. But you're going to put – you being a Giants fan, you're going to put Lawrence Taylor on your Mount Rushmore, right? Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, you, you can't – Say I'm going to go with one side and not the other. I mean, well, first of all, I'm asking whether you whether we're including that. Well, Second let's all, let's let's say we're not. Lawrence Taylor is the greatest is the greatest player of all time, or one of the three greatest players of all time. The level of Lawrence Taylor above every other giant known to man is you could knock him down forty percent. He's still in the rush. But the but the but the level of idiocy and what Taylor did far exceeds most of the nuances that Roethlisberger did. Yes. But to me, Roethlisberger is not there anyway. So it's a much easier argument. All right. So, 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 let, so who is there? Let, let's okay. talk about who is there. I think Joe the- Green is probably there, right? Yes. Okay. Uh, I wouldn't put Franco in over him. I wouldn't put Franco in either. Okay, I, I Jack, Jack Lambert? Yes. One of the three or four best, one of the five best middle linebackers of all time. Chuck Noll? No, I don't think so. Okay. Well, if we got those two. Stallworth and Swan don't go. No. Okay. So you're looking uh, – Rod Woodson? Maybe. I would put Woodson as – Woodson was an all-75 team. Right. Would, I think you're forgetting the easy one. One of the easier ones, Mike Webster. Mike Webster, yeah, yeah. Okay. If if you're doing a top four of all time, he's not there. He's just not. He's not in my mind. He is not there. He was at no point during his career the best player in the league, the best player at his position in the league. Probably not a top three quarterback. This is an issue. <clears throat> Excuse me. This is an issue we talk about with Manning. Yep. Now, who's a better quarterback than Manning, I think. But I don't think Manning was a great quarterback. I don't even think Manning was a very good quarterback. I think Manning was a decent decent quarterback yep. with a couple above average seasons. Um, I don't I don't see him as – if you want to say he personifies, well, you know what? So does Franco. So does Heinz Ward. So does Bettis. They don't – they personify the lunch pail thing just as much as Okay. Rock. Okay. Okay. That's fair. All right, so let's move on to, to Roethlisberger's last game, right? I mean, Kansas City basically wiped the tarp. Yeah, right? there was right? no – We don't really need to talk about that, right? I mean, I did not stay I, – I, truth be told, I did not stay awake for the Rams and the Cardinals game. You um, missed it. It was, over I, I, by, it was over by the middle of the second quarter. That was the one game I lost. I just had a feeling the Rams were going to fall apart because they just kind of do in the playoffs. Can we now put Cam Akers in our discussion finally to be a keeper for next year? Not sure yet. Uh, as I love how it always goes back to our fantasy football. It's, well, it's because I've been. I love how the rules change every. Oh, every that, that too. That well, you saw my emails. Uh, yeah, I, I think was, you probably should have emailed him directly, saying you can't do that now. You do that for next year, or you talk to people about it, as opposed to unilaterally making rules. Right. I wonder yeah. who Nabate is keeping. That's basically what I'm what it's coming down to. I wonder who he has as a We can take a look at his team and confront yeah. him on it. But I think you have to look to see if they're keeping Sony Michelle, if they're keeping Darnell, uh, what's his name? Henderson. Darryl Henderson. You gotta see where we are. Well, Michelle is a free agent, so I don't see them keeping him. I think it'll be Henderson and Akers. And we, we I'm not t- for the amount of pe- keepers we can we have. I'm not taking someone who's going to be in a split position. There's well, no- but here, here's the – look, this is the thing we go through every year, and we, we can discuss this more as the summer goes on, is can you get guys at the salaries that we would be keeping them at, right? So Darren Waller is a 16 or $17 guy. 
you potentially might be able to get Darren Waller at 16 or $17 next year. I don't think so. I see, and I do. I, 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 think, I think he's, he's coming off an injury-plagued year, but I don't think so. But depend, yeah. Again, it may depend on your quarterback position, depend on your coach. Then you, have, then, then you have Aaron Rodgers, who will be in the 30s, and I think you might be able to get him back in the 30s because we've dealt with quarterbacks our entire existence getting them in the 20s, right? Look, you're not getting Debo Samuel at 12. Like no. that, that you're, you're just not. You're not getting Cooper Cup at 30. 35. I think we have him at 30. So okay. I think it's 35. Are you getting Derrick Henry at 45? Probably not. Well, those are the those are your questions. No, yeah, right? Derrick Henry is now a discussion point. Yeah, because we've done this before without a guy at 12, right? We've spent $90. On keepers before, yep, with the bees. So now we have to, and, and ladies and gentlemen, that is Bell Brown and Roethlisberger. <laughs> Basically, the Pittsburgh Steeler offense for a very long period of time. We went to a couple of championships, but I think that is now a discussion point. So, so the Rams moving forward the, from from what I saw on replays and highlights, the Rams look very good. Um, mm-hmm. But. Is it a matter of the Rams looking very good or the Cardinals looking very bad? The Cardinals are self-destructed. Um, is Kingsbury in trouble? I don't think so. I don't know how you – like, as bad as they've been the last six weeks of the season, I don't know how he can be in trouble. The team three years ago was 3-13 and 13 and had the first pick in the draft. They're now, what, 10-6, 11-5 and in one of division. Um, or we're tied for the division. Um, I don't think so. I think, look, if you have a coach – I think there were two coaches who are in serious trouble who – played in, in the wild card games. One is Basicchia in Las Vegas, because I just think Mark Davis wants a big name. Uh, and they did fire Mayock yesterday. And they fired Mayock yesterday. yesterday. By the way, um, so Kingsbury, uh, Mike Florio wrote this the other day. In, in 2013, with Texas Tech, he went 7-0 and and then went 1-5. and The next year, he went 2-0 and and then fouled with 2-8. and then he went five and two, which became two and four. Then he went three and one, which then became two and six. Well, look, I, I'm not saying I would have hired him for the Phoenix job, for the Arizona job, excuse me, but that's three years past already. Well, let's go with the three years in Arizona. In 2019, he was three, three, and one. He followed by two and seven. Who were they the year before he came in? Well, you said they were. Two and 14. They okay. took Kyler Murray. Yeah. So the three years that they have done this, but he's been there three years, right? Yes. So three, three, and one, followed by two and seven. Six and three, followed by two and five. And this year, 10 and two, followed by one and five. I mean, he starts out really well, and then something happens. And is that something a matter of the coach, other coaches catching up with him? Is is has he hit his ceiling? Like you are not, you're in the NFL to win a championship. You're not in the NFL like you would be in college, where at Syracuse or Maryland to go eight and four and be okay with that, and we'd be ecstatic with eight and four. But yeah. the right? year before he was three and thirteen. Yep. In three years since then, he's increased his wins by two wins, three wins, and three wins. Yep. So I don't know how you fire someone. Whether I think he's a great coach or not, I don't know how you fire someone who's shown progress. All people want is growth. But do if, they? If you're starting out ten and two, do you no, want growth? Get, it's a dis. It's is it was it a disappointing end of the year. Yes. Do I think he may be in trouble going going forward after this year? Yes. I cannot imagine who they're going to hire after showing an eight game progression. In oh, three it would be. I'll tell you exactly who they'll hire. Brian Flores will go to Arizona, and Cliff Kingsbury will go to Miami. It'll be perfect. It's not going to happen. I think, look, if you want to tell me McCarthy's in trouble. Well, we can get to Dallas in a second because that. That was beautiful. (laughs) Beautiful, asinine, stupid, all of the above. A 12-year-old would have known how stupid that call was. But wait, was it a stupid call? Yes. Hold on. Hold on a second. And whose call was it to be stupid? Was it Dad's? 
Or was I don't think it? it was Dax. I think it was either Kellen Moore's or Mike McCarthy's. And at the end of the day, Mike McCarthy is the head coach and has to take responsibility for this. You had 14 penalties. Oh, yeah. The penalties are off the charts. And right? you have Randy Gregory, who's just all over the place. You are only in the game because of a really bad Jimmy G interception. Yep. You are on the 40-yard line, the 45-yard line with 14 seconds left. What is your best-case scenario on the run? You get off one play from the 30-yard line. That is your best case, where the offense isn't even remotely, you know, because you're not going to get, I mean, maybe, I guess, you have one play. To me, this is really simple. You have two plays from the 40 or one play from the 30. The two plays from the 40 is a no-brainer. That's not even a discussion. It's not like you're going to get to the five-yard line. It's still pretty much a Hail Mary at the 30 or the 40. You're going to be able to reach the end zone regardless, unless unless that gets sacked. I thought it was an asinine call. I thought it was that you're blaming the umpire? No, no. No, no, no. No, you don't. uh, don't It was a terrible call. It was a straight out terrible call and that you don't think it was a terrible call or you blame the circumstances or the situation dictating dictated that this should be the call down six with 14 seconds left and no timeouts does not dictate to me that you should be a head coach in the NFL. Because that's not, that's not, that to me is not, Okay, they the I mean obviously the team is incredibly undisciplined. Yeah, but that is a failure of understanding the basic tenets of football. So is this a Wade Phillips situation where they fire McCarthy and and bring in Kellen Moore? I think there's a better chance they fire McCarthy and bring in Dan Quinn. Um, okay. Dan Quinn's gonna have a head coach. Dan Quinn's gonna have a head coaching job. You don't um, think Kellen Moore's gonna have one too? Not this year. I don't. Um. I could be look. I could be wrong. I know he's going to interview, but I don't think so. I think they'll give it to Quinn first. And I, I don't know what to say. It was, it was, it was so ridiculous. Like it was laughable. It really was laughable. It was. I mean, even joking, you wouldn't make that up. If you said, "Look, I want to do a ten-yard out or something," I think it's stupid. I do. I don't think there's any difference throwing for a 30-yard touchdown or a 40-yard touchdown when there's five seconds left. Nope. Makes no difference. 40-yard play, you get this way, you get two plays at it. What's the hell's the difference? Whether if you get if you rather have two plays at 40 yards or one play at 30, it's not that difficult. By the way, I also during the broadcast, you're you're listening to two guys, and I don't remember who was doing the, the play-by-play. I was doing I was doing the watching the slime game. Oh, were you? With your breeze? No, no, no. It was Nate Burleson was doing it. Oh, okay. But I was so I was watching the regular broadcast, and they it was were Romo saying, and Nance. What's that? It was Romo and Nance. Yeah, you're right. I'm sorry. So Romo continually said that 49er fans are worried about Jimmy G making that one bad throw, one bad decision every single game, and I was like, well, we had a quarterback like that in New York for a while. Did. And I don't mean Ken O'Brien. That no. was that was Eli. That was Eli. That was Eli. And we had this discussion. How many times did we have this discussion? Right. If every they can get past one throw, every if they can get past one throw every game, they can win a championship. And it seemed like Roma was saying the same thing about Garoppolo. And do you believe in the 49ers as Look, the 49ers are very similar to what those Giants teams were. They are recycling they are recycling their uh, defensive line all the time, moving guys in and out for a pass rush. Now, granted, when you lose Nick Bosa, that's a big, big loss. And then you lost Fred Warner at the end of the game. Too. Right. Another very big loss. But the pass rush makes the, the secondary that much better. They run the ball. I mean, those guys run the ball. And they run it with deep. I got to tell you, every single time Debo takes a takes a handoff, I'm like, please don't get hurt. Like, that's the only thing I'm thinking about. I'm not even thinking about, is he going to get yards? I'm like, don't tear an ACL. 
Like we 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 can't deal with that. Like we can, but we shouldn't. We had four guys who adore right. this year. And all I'm thinking about is don't hurt yourself because we need you for next year more than anything else. But he really, I mean, that team reminds me very much of the Giants and what they were able to do. And unlike the Giants, there is no dominant team in this year's NFL playoffs. I mean, you might make the case, look, I've made the case all year that Kansas City has been dominant, at least on offense, maybe not on defense. But And they are on a crescendo rather than a decrescendo. Yeah, but would you be surprised? Would you really be surprised if they lost this weekend? No. I wouldn't be surprised if any of these teams lost, including no. Green Bay. Agreed. It's San Francisco is not a good matchup for them. No, and I love and, – and again – San Francisco can pull that all off, right? I mean, they can win this game and then go to St. Louis and uh, sorry, LA, excuse me, LA or Tampa. And I'd give them a fighting chance in either one of those. Oh, yeah. So would I. I mean, I think they are actually the horrible matchup for for St. Louis. Uh, sorry, I keep calling them St. Louis. For LA, I think. The Tampa Bay matchup is better for Tampa Bay given their run defense. Yeah, Vita V. Vita V. Yeah, we all love that name, Vita V. And when you go to the AFC, so I, so let's make some predictions here. Uh, I will take the 49ers over the Packers. I'll stick, I think, with, I'll stick with Green Bay with all their guys coming back this week, but I think it's going to be really good. I think it's going to be it would be a field goal game. And I'm also going to take the Rams over the Bucks. I am too. I just – I I I, lo- I don't have a great deal of confidence in the Rams, but I'll be honest. I just think Tampa Bay is just they're so hurt. There's so many injuries, and I I think they're gonna I think they're gonna have a problem because literally you have Evans and, and Cyr- 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 who's Cyril who's the guy who scored the winning touchdown against you guys? Oh, I don't Cyril, know. I mean, but you have Scotty Miller. Like when Scotty Miller like this- played all. Yeah, I mean. I think the Ram- look. I thought the Rams were going to have trouble getting out of their first game, but once they got out of that, you know, you have a lot of these really seasoned vets. This is their run. This is their shot. I I think they beat Tampa also. And they have yeah. And if Odell, it seems like Odell has come to play, right? I mean, finally, he has come to play. And you got to feel bad for Robert Woods right now. I mean, of all the players, like I feel bad for Woods, but um, I feel good for Aaron Donald. And so going into the AFC, Kansas City whitewashed Pittsburgh. I mean, there was nothing there, right? We, yeah, we, we thought not... that we thought that from the very beginning. Buffalo manhandled. I couldn't have been happier. Like I really I was watching it and I was like, I could turn this off at halftime, but I'm not going to. But I'm not going to. And it's funny how every New England every Patriot fan that I've talked to this week is like, oh. Go Tampa Bay because I'm not really a Patriot fan. I'm a Tom, Tom Brady, Brady fan, and I'm kind of like, huh? Yeah, you're not gonna, you're, you're really not gonna get me on that one. Like, it's not gonna happen at all. <laughs> and then we have the other, and, and I'm sorry, I'm blanking right now. I was looking at something Tennessee, else. Tennessee, Tennessee, and Cincinnati. Cincinnati taking. Uh, look, you got to give the Raiders a lot of credit. They played a good game. They did. Um, when it came right down to it, they just didn't have the talent. I mean, Cincinnati was a better team. Yeah, it was a better team, but the Raiders were there till the end yeah. and were certainly um, – were certainly – you know, like the, the, Burrow, the Burrow pass, the Burrow touchdown was amazing. It was wonderful, but they could have legitimately called it off. Yeah. I mean, um, look, there was definitely and, – and the NFL – Trying to pull that over on everybody. <laughs> Come on, guys. You can admit a mistake. It's okay. Like, it's really okay. We, I think people forgive mistakes a whole lot better than they forgive ignorance. And that basically that showed up. I like that. That was pretty good. Thank you. Thank you. Every once in a while, I come up with one of these. Yes. So, Tennessee and Cincinnati. I'm going to take Cincinnati. So am I. First of all, they're, that's who I'm rooting for in the playoffs. Right, like, exactly. The Bengals. And I don't know how anyone picks the Kansas City-Buffalo game. I mean, I, I think the spread's three or four, I assume. But yep. 
let's be honest, nobody's got a bleeping clue on who's going to win that game. And I will, both teams were perfect, pretty much. Kansas City was perfect till the last five minutes. Yep. And Buffalo was just perfect. It was like Kansas City just gave Ben a, a going away present, right? It's like, hey, you can throw a touchdown. Just yeah, pretty much. Just please um, leave. I think I'm going to take Kansas City, but I'll be honest, I have absolutely no confidence in that pick whatsoever. And I'll take Buffalo. Just uh, I actually have more confidence in Buffalo than I do in Kansas City, but that's again not saying very much. And both teams know how to play in cold weather, so I don't think weather really has a factor here. No, I don't think so either. You got to give a lot of props to Ryan Fitzpatrick, though. He's great, wasn't it? Though it was a little—is he not under? Is he no longer under contract with Washington? Uh, he is, but it doesn't matter. He could show up and, and sit in the stands. Look, for yeah, those, look, you're going to wear the no shirt thing. That's right. So he, so Ryan Fitzpatrick, Harvard degree, man. So Harvard Ryan Fitzpatrick, Harvard degree and the best beard in football. I mean, it, it is has just, the last 10 years. It's like down to here. It's, and, uh, so he played for Buffalo for three years. Uh, he was a backup for two and played as a starter for one. And he always said he loved his time in Buffalo, and he went back for the playoff game with his son. And, you know, if you're a multimillionaire, generally, if it's minus degrees weather, you're sitting in a box seat. Or you can afford a jacket. Not this guy. This guy takes off his shirt. He had his own sweater. He had, he had his own personal sweater. Him, yeah. Him and his son with the Bills Mafia. I got to tell you, Mrs. Fitzpatrick couldn't have been too happy about that. But she, knows, she knows who she married. Yeah, I guess. I feel like I've said that line before. <laughs> you have. It's just been about your own marriage. <laughs> Not. So, I know who she married. Yeah, exactly. So, um, so we have that going on, and then we have the baseball hall of fame, and we do this every year where we where we run down uh, who we believe is going to get inducted next week. The I believe it comes out on Tuesday, which is why we're doing this today. Um, Looking at the Hall of Fame balloting, let's roll through this. I'm going to go bottom to top. So we're looking at the first year selection, first year people first, and then we'll go to the last. Uh, Mark Teixeira, good player, not a Hall of Famer, right? I mean, yes, no, you're frozen. Okay, he's frozen. So uh, hopefully he'll come back, but he is definitely frozen. So we're going to. Remove him from the stream, add him to the stream, and now we got a black stream. So hopefully he'll join back up. For right now, uh, I will go through these. Wow, it's really f- weird watching just Seth's picture just shoot. It's a black screen though. So and I'm still rolling, so I know it's it's not me. Uh, nope, we're still a black screen. I don't. Maybe I should kick him out. Yeah, let's kick him from the studio. And then hopefully he'll come back on. Uh, so we got Jimmy Rollins. Jimmy Rollins is a, is a really, really good player. And I love seeing the comparables of Jimmy Rollins and everybody else. So baseball reference. Baseball reference with Jimmy Rollins. Let's go to the comparables. The comparables with Rollins. Remember, he did win an MVP. His similar Scores are Barry Larkin, Hall of Famer, Alan Trammell, Hall of Famer, Lou Whitaker should be in the Hall of Fame, Roberto Alomar in the Hall of Fame, Edgar Renteria not so much in the Hall of Fame, Ryan Sandberg in the Hall of Fame, Jay Bell not in the Hall of Fame, Simmons, Morgan, and Durham. So out of the 10, eight of them are Hall of Famers. Do you put Rollins in? And looking at... um, Jay Jaffe's uh, Jaws, the average Hall of Fame shortstop. There are only 23 of them, and Seth's back on. So here he is. I guess he's on his phone now. I am. Our internet just went down. Our oh. internet just went down. Although okay, now so it's back up. So we were talking about Jimmy Rollins as a Hall of Famer. And let me tell you, I was shocked. In baseball reference, which you know I love to do these comparisons, eight out of ten of his of his comparables, top ten comparables. Oh, now we're uh, we're doing both. Okay, so we'll add him there. We'll we'll get out of this. No, no, we got you. We got you. I just added and removed you. So okay. uh, you, so eight out of ten of the similar batters 
are Hall of Famers. And the number one is Barry Larkin. And number two is Alan Trammell. That is uh, some pretty hefty stories there. So if you're looking at the Jaws, which is uh, he has a 47.6, 47.6 career war, not Hall of Fame. The average shortstop is 67. His seven-year peak is about there. And his – but unfortunately, the other stats, the counting stats are not there. He's won an MVP. I think he gets in. I just don't think he gets in today. I think he gets really? in tomorrow. I do. Look, he and Chase Utley are going to have really interesting once, – once Clemens – once these steroid guys get off the ballot and there are more, there's more room to vote, I think you're going to have some, some guys get in that you would generally not think that would get in. And you, you'll have to examine their, their cases a little bit more. And I think Rollins is going to get one of those. So I don't think he gets in this year, though. I don't I think he's a discussion this year. Okay. Um, Alex Rodriguez, is he a discussion? Look, his numbers are Hall of Fame. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's look if you're voting for Bonds and Clemens, you pretty much can vote for a Rod if you either you take the, the you take the steroids in with it or you don't. Okay, if you do, he's in. If you don't, he's not. My gut is he doesn't get in this year. No, uh, AJ Brzezinski, not good, even a good gosh, player. Jake Peavy won a Cy Young. I didn't even know he was retired. Yep, <laughs> Jonathan Papelbon. Didn't even know he was retired. Wasn't he still, last I saw he was fighting with, was it Bryce Harper? Bryce Harper. Well done. Okay, David Ortiz. Hall of Famer. He'll get in. Even with the 2003? Yeah, it's not going to matter. Because they never, nothing was ever really proven on it. Um. So, look, they're, 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 they're not going to take out the most popular, pretty much, baseball player in Red Sox history. Because of something that was not for 100% proven. So his comparables, Frank Thomas, Fred McGriff is number two, which is shocking to me. Like that, that McGriff is not in is just shocking. To me. Yeah, it's just, but again, none of these guys had the persona. I mean, Frank Thomas had a pretty, well, yeah. he was baseball. Yeah, no, Manny's number three. Miguel Cabrera is a Hall of Famer. Yeah, I mean, player-wise, all these guys are Hall of Famers. I think McGriff is probably a lower-end Hall of Famer. Ramirez won't get in, but he's a Hall of Famer based on his. Here's the, here's the thing about here's the thing about um, Ortiz. Now we always uh, look his numbers. I get right his counting numbers. I totally get. So he he finishes up with where was this home runs. Uh, 541 home runs, 1,768 RBIs. Okay. Never won an MVP. Never, never won any. I mean, he led the league in home runs and RBIs once. Uh, sorry, RBIs twice, home runs once. Walks twice. OBP once. Oh, sorry, RBIs three times. Is, I understand the most popular player in Red Sox history. I get, I get that. But before him, wasn't Johnny Pesky the most, the most popular guy in Red Sox history? I mean, and Johnny Pesky's not in the Hall of Fame. So I remember the other thing that you have to take into account with Ortiz is he played – we had this discussion with Edgar Martinez, right, where Ortiz played 278 games in the field. Yeah, he's a DH. And he's a DH. So are you do you think the fact that it's Edgar Martinez opened up the worm, right? Opened up yeah. the box. Now DHs are the same as everybody else? Is no, that- I don't think they're the same as everybody else. I don't think they're held to the same threshold. Okay. I don't I think Ortiz is an above and beyond candidate because of his popularity, his clutchness. Is clutchness really a word? But clutchness his, is not a word. Fine. His ability to work to do extraordinarily well in the crotch, um, and that he is the most popular Red Sox since Johnny Pesky or since whoever could, whoever you want to say Bobby Doerr or whoever it is. Um, okay. I think I, I, I don't think there's going to be much debate over Ortiz. 
Z, and I think it'll be a little bit uh, – I, I think he gets in, but I think he gets in at like the 80%. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I agree. I think there will be people who will hold off. He's not getting in at Derek Jeter numbers. No, 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 no. He's not it's even getting 90% in my opinion. No, I don't think so. But I think he'll get in the low to mid-80s. I don't think there's going to be much. I don't think there's going to be a big debate about it. See, and I think there actually will be. Okay. Uh, Joe Nathan, good player, not a Hall of Famer. Justin Morneau, good player, not a Hall of Famer. Tim Lincecum, Ryan Howard, Prince Fielder, Carl Crawford. Okay, we're done with the first years, right? Tory Hunter, Tim Hudson, Mark Burley, all good nice players. players. Bobby Abreu. I love Bobby Abreu. Bobby Abreu is not a Hall of Famer. But, I mean, look, I, I, we've already discussed I think the Hall is too big anyway. And if you're opening up Bobby Abreu, then you're kind of opening up all these other guys that you've just mentioned. Okay. He's a conduit. Andy Pettit. I don't think he's a Hall of Famer. Andy Pettit was never the best pitcher on his team. No. Very, well, and to be and fair, the best, was... the, best pitcher, the best pitcher on his team was typically Roger Clemens, who was a Hall of Famer. Yes. Well, I was about to say, unless you're putting up Kurt Schilling numbers with Randy Johnson there, you're not yeah. – you're not a Hall of Famer. No, look, Pettit was a great playoff pitcher, a phenom- a very good pitcher. Yeah. But he number one, he had PED issues also. Agreed. I don't okay. think it'll be I don't think it'll matter. I just think he's not I just think he's a very nice pitcher. Never I don't think you ever want to Cy Young. He may he may yep. have been second or third once or twice, but he's not a Hall of Famer. Okay, well, here's your next one. Todd Helton. Does Helton get in? Why don't you go first on Todd Helton? I love Todd. I think Helton's it. I, I, I think he's a Hall of Famer. I don't, I'm not sure if he's it. I think he's a Hall of Famer. His comparables are Bagwell, Martinez, Vladdy yeah. Guerrero, he also Orlando he also, Cepeda. He also played in Colorado. He did. He they never they were really very rarely relevant. I mean, I think he went to one World Series where they got annihilated. I think they made a couple of playoffs, but they were never they were never a consistently I don't know how good I, I find. You know, was he better than Mark Teixeira? Probably. Again, I'm not numbers on the. Was he better than he wasn't better than Bagwell? I don't think. I think he'll get in. I'm not going to go crazy if he does. It's not a Harold Bain situation by any stretch of the imagination. Um, but so, is it so someone? To your, so to your point, right? So he played more years than Teixeira. He, no, I'm just saying. No, okay, that yeah. goes to the next thing I'm about to say. Okay. So his OB, OPS was seven points more. He had less home runs. He had more RBIs. Significantly more in the ballpark. What's that? Significantly more RBIs or? Uh, 107? Okay. No, another year, right? Another year. Yep. He to share had more home runs. So to your point, I think you're right. Were they remarkably different? Probably not. No, Helton probably had a better average because he was a better contact hitter. To share was yes. probably a better defensive player because share was an excellent defensive first baseman. Um, you know, when I think I think of him as a, as a I think of Helton as a better overrude. So, Rude so the OPS is where it gets so, um. OPS is on base percentage plus slugging. Helton had a 9.53 and Teixeira had an 8.70. And I'm not saying that's dramatically different. Okay, and I'm not sure if that's relevant enough. I mean, you can come up with 87 different statistics. Correct. I'm not saying Helton's not a very good player. That's not where and I'm they going. both struggled in the postseason. They both batted. Teixeira was, was a terrible postseason player. Um, Teixeira had 183 at bats and batted 2.22. Helton had what 50, 60? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's the problem is, you know, when you, you when you don't play in clutch situations, a lot of times, I mean, who gives a crap if Helton hit a home run on September 20th when they were 32 games out of out of the playoffs, out of the playoffs. Um, so I, I tend to give more, you know, a t- put more credit to someone like Ortiz, who was consistently playing in big games well, and had the opportunity to do yes. such right i mean yes. there's that too all right so you say no on helton i say no on helton for today yeah i'm, I'm saying for today. today i'm not saying down the line omar Vizquel, 
Done. He's out. He's out, right? He's out. He I don't the, think he should have made it anyway. He was the feel-good story until he wasn't the feel-good story. He's feeling a little bit too good on a couple of things. Yeah. Um, All right. Scotty Rowland. To me, Scotty Rowland's in. Again, Scotty Rowland was a really nice player. Was great fielder, good hitter, tough position, class act. I see him kind of in the same. I, I think he's going to get in. He may very well get in this year because this year is a weird year. Because, but I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna really. At no point did I ever think Scott Rowland was one of the 20 best players in the league. Maybe for a year or two. You know, he he was a very good player. And if we have a Hall of Very Good, then he's there. To okay. me, is he an Hall of Famer? Probably not, but is he going to get in? Yes. Do you think he was a great player? Look, well, you he, know, made, he made the All-Star team nine times. Fine. So How many somebody, other, so, who so somebody thought he was a good player, right? No, I didn't say he's not a good player. No, That's, no, no. Somebody thought, okay, somebody thought he was the best in his league. One of the two or three best. He didn't get voted as starter nine times, did he? Correct. Okay, so who are the other third basemen in the National League, just thinking back here? At that time? Um, so we're looking at 90s. To, late, mid to late 90s to early 2000s, I'm assuming. Yeah, yeah, that's about right. Um, yeah. <laughs> Troy Gloss. Who? Troy, Troy, Gloss was, Troy Gloss was on the Angels. Yeah. So that's not a comparative because he was in the American League. Okay, hold on. Third. Vinny Castilla? Well, yes. But, I mean, that's my point. <laughs> Adrian Beltre? No, probably a little too No, Beltre was Chipper? out. Chipper? Who? Chipper Jones? Chipper was. Okay. Uh, Melvin Mora? Chase? <laughs> I'm I'm looking, dude. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not saying no. I'm not saying yes. I'm, I'm looking here to try and find who would be in that Cat, uh, opening day, uh, we could do Sporkle, and, and it's right here. <laughs> <laughs> the third baseman, can you name the opening day starting baseman for 2000? I'm waiting for it so I can give up, and then I can get all the answers, which I don't remember when that – oh, there it is, give up. All right, so here we go. So 2000, 2009, right? That's basically where he falls. Chipper Jones, mm-hmm. uh, Melvin Mora, Aramis Ramirez, Mike Lowell, Adrian Beltre, Eric Chavez, Alex Rodriguez, David Wright. Roland was Roland better than David Wright? That's a that's a he definitely did it for longer. You, you can't answer. Wright had five good years and then got injured. No, I say he definitely did it for longer, right? Um, yeah, that I just named them all. Like that's about it. So who the hell are we comparing them to? Like, I'm but, looking at a list of the top ranks. Like that he made the all-star team was great, but there's nobody else there. Hold on a second. But okay. So let's let's put this in another perspective. You can we say this all the time that you can only win an MVP against the players that are there, right? Right. You can only be in the all-star, you can only be the best of your era if you're there. Gary Carter was the best catcher of his era. Yes. Right. If you put Gary Carter against Yogi Berra, there is no comparison. Yogi Berra is a much better player. Bill Dickey, much better player. Even Johnny Bench, much better player. Much, much better player. Bench came eight years ago. I I understand the argument. And I look, I've always said you should be the best one of the best of your era to make it. Yes. I don't have a huge argument, but I also think the era was really damn weak. Okay. For third base. Like, I'm looking on Ainsworth Sports. I just pulled this up. Top-ranked third baseman of the 90s. Yep. Chipper, Chipper Jones. <laughs> Matt yep. Williams. Was Matt Williams wasn't. Was he Matt Williams a Hall of Famer? Nope. Ken Caminiti. Who won an MVP, but also steroid problems. Vinny Castilla. Who, Robin was, Vin- who was totally a makeshift, of course. Robin Ventura. Well, I don't even remember that Jim Tomey was a third baseman, but I yeah, guess he started as a third baseman. Terry Pendleton, Scott he won Walton. an MVP. Yeah, in 1991, he won, a, yeah. he won the MVP. I remember, but like other than Chipper Jones, 
not, I mean, Wade Boggs was 14, but again, he was more of the 80s than the 90s. Yep. And just kind of going through this list, there is not one other Hall of Famer here. Adrian Beltran, but we're not, that's a, again, that's the 90s. So he was the best National League third baseman other than Chipper Jones of a really, really bad era for National League third baseman. It's yep. the Barry Larkin argument. Well, you can make it the Ted Simmons argument too, right? Is Ted Simmons got into the Hall of Fame because people didn't value the fact that he was the second best catcher behind at one point, well, at one point Carlton Fisk before that Johnny Bench in the National. He was he was a Cardinal before he was a Brewer. So in the National League. So you can make the claim that before Gary Carter, number two was Ted Simmons. After Carlton Fisk, it was Ted Simmons. But of the catchers, it, and remember, third baseman is the most undervalued position in the Hall of Fame. There are less third basemen than there are any other position in the Hall of Fame. And so, I don't know. I, I think I think Roland gets in. He may not get in this year, but Roland should get in. I like Roland. Okay. All right, Andrew Jones. Man, if Andrew Jones just stopped playing at age 30, he would have been in. Yep, but he's not. He didn't, and he's not. He's yeah. just not. Um no. You know, great defensive player, had some great years, but man, his last six or seven years were just a disaster. Manny Ramirez. Well, Manny's not getting in. Um, ever. Ever. Do you think man who is a better shot, Manny or A-Rod? A-Rod. I think so too, because of how he's redone his image. Well, um, and the way Manny lost it was just I no, yeah. Well, the other thing is, look, A Rod was a better player. Yes. I mean, <laughs> all in told, A Rod was, if, if you take A Rod for A Rod, A Rod's a top five player of all time. A Rod's the greatest shortstop of all time. Yeah. And he's a top five all around player of all time. He could be. He very well could be. Look, if you it's want to take steroids out of this, like, let's just, uh, let's say, what you did on the field, let's do the NFL, right? What you did on the field is what you did on the field. The top five players of all time, Willie Mays, Babe Ruth, Barry Bonds, A-Rod, and you can put any one of 10 other people in there and I'd be fine. Henry Aaron, you want to put a pitcher, you put Clemens. We're not going to put pitchers in, but I'll just okay. leave the fielders. Okay. Um, yeah, then that's I mean, where I'm. Then that's where I'm standing. Those and that's that's where I stop. Those guys, those five. And I and quite frankly, I'm not sure there's much of an argument for any of uh, beyond that. I mean, you want to go to first baseman and put Lou Gehrig in over any of those guys? I don't do it because first baseman first baseman's just not as valuable. First baseman's not there. You want to put in the best second baseman of all time? Good luck Hornsby. trying to figure that out. Hornsby. Right. That's what I was saying. Good luck trying to figure who that is. Shortstop, we already talked about, right? I mean, A-Rod is the best shortstop of all time, so you're not going to take that. Third baseman is Chipper Jones. Or Schmidt and A-Rod's Eddie Matthews, and none of those are there. Eventually, can Mike Trout jump into that? Yeah, he can, but until that time, you want to put He's got to do something in the playoffs at some point. You want to put Ted Williams in there? I don't. I don't want to put him above any of those five guys. I could put Ted, Ted Williams would probably be my five. I could I could put Ted Williams there simply because he had these stats and missed five years of his prime. Sure, sure. I you could put Ted Williams. There. Okay, so you're putting Ted Williams over who? Hank Aaron? Okay. Are you putting him in over a Rod? No. no. I can make. Okay. I can't put a left fielder in over that. That was not a good fielder. You want to throw Mickey Mantle in there because he played no, center field? No. Fine, but Mantle I give him, but I give him a lot more credit playing a, a position of value than anything else. Okay, <laughs> uh, look where people where where baseball players go when they can't field: first base, second base, and left field. Left field. So second base. Yeah, second base. So when you, second base. When you couldn't play shortstop or third, yes, then you had the up. arm, you moved yourself to second base. Remember, I'm not talking about recently. I'm talking about in the 50s and 60s and 70s 
where like Bobby Gritch, right? Bobby Gritch was a great, great second baseman, but he wasn't a great third baseman. He moved over to second base because he didn't have the arm to realistically play third. So Chase Hutley, Chase Hutley was another one that should not was moved to second because he couldn't play the left side of the infield. He either had the speed or he didn't have the arm. Okay, Billy Wagner. Look, Billy Wagner was one of the most dominant relievers in baseball history. Best K to nine ratio of all time. The where he st- where he falters is that he just didn't pitch enough. Like yeah, they're just, just surprisingly pretty comparable, I think, to Joe Nathan. Yeah. Yeah, but those innings just aren't there. Yeah. Uh, look, Sheffield is the guy that I always question because I think Sheffield was the best hitter. I think he was a better hitter than any of them, except for Bonds. I, he was I, a better hitter than A-Rod? Yes. Sheffield, as a pure hitter, oh, was, incredible. Was, was insane. He was our Hank Aaron. He was a guy that just did it with his wrists or just did it with his arms, right? And he, yep. I mean, the most – the comparable to him is Vladdy Guerrero in that they could just hit anything. Like you could bat, you could bowl the ball to him and he'd whack it out of the park, but he's going to get caught up in, in the Balco and everything else. And he's not going to get in either. He's on his eighth year. Jeff Kent gets a surprisingly less than uh, stellar performance for a guy that has the most home runs in, in major league baseball history for a second baseman. And won an MVP. So I'm not sure he's a Hall of Famer. Yeah, I don't I, think he's getting in. But I definitely don't think he's getting in. Sammy Sosa gets no publicity, gets nope. nothing, and he doesn't deserve it. To me, Sammy Sosa is a one-trick pony. I agree. Excuse me. All right. Now we get to the top three, right? Schilling. Schilling doesn't get in. Nope. Schilling deserves to get in. Yep. Schilling couldn't keep his mouth shut. Would you vote for Schilling if you were a sports writer? For the Baseball Hall of Fame, no. For the NFL Hall of Fame, absolutely. Hey, you know what? He told me to go hang a tree, hang from a tree, and he told me not to vote for him. So, so I did. I listened to him. He kept telling me I didn't listen to him all those years. Now I'm finally listening to him. <laughs> all right. And now we got Bonds and Clements, right? Bonds and Clemens are not getting it. Would you vote for them this year? Am I assuming I voted for them every other year? No. Then nothing's changed. I wouldn't vote for them just because they're on their 10th ballot. I think that I think that's crap. I think, look, you've said this before. You're either a Hall of Famer or you're not a Hall of Famer. There's no, there's no you get better with age when you've been retired unless – Certain look, you can make the case that war or OPS has become more valuable over time, and thus you go back and you say, Okay, maybe that player was better than we thought when he retired, right? I mean, especially with on base percentage, right? Nobody valued a walk in the 1950s when they retired, it was home runs and RBIs. Well, we know damn well that home runs and RBIs are not the epitome of statistics anymore. Walks did matter. And in fact, Tim Raines got in only because walks matter. <laughs> because Tim Raines doesn't get in. By the way, I think Scott Rowland is my new Tim Raines. But that's just a different Nobody story. is your new Tim Raines. There's only one Tim Raines. That's true, but Bly Levin was my first guy. Yes. Bly, I, I was you can't have one. You can't, you can't just jump from one to another. You can't find one. You can, I can't, you can't find, find a lost cause. You can't find go from one lost cause to another every time. All right, fair enough. Fair enough. Okay, so Bonds and Clements, would you vote for them? I have a little more leeway on Why? my final year. Well, what? Yeah, I don't know. Why? Don't know. Because to a degree, they've kind of they've the punishment has been that they've gone nine years without getting in as the greatest pitcher that we've ever seen, the greatest player we've ever seen. Why? All right. And this is as their last year getting in. I probably wouldn't, but the argument is a lot easier for me in, the, in this year because I think at some point the punishment kind of stays. 
especially we have you know, we've had guys like Ivan Rodriguez and Bagwell and Piazza who have gotten in. Whoa, but none of those guys, none of those guys had a Mitchell report. None of those guys had a, a did you vote for him previously? No. So I don't vote for any of these guys. Okay, so you're yeah, I think and I I think I believe I've been again, I think I voted against all of them. I probably would stick to it, but I do I do see myself loosening on this because the whole damn generation pretty much took it in my mind. Okay. And I and I can get look, I can understand you're either all in or all out. And I can go with that. I'm just the one that's all out. And if you ask, and if you ask my brother Jay, he'd be all in. So, I mean, and differing minds can think alike unless your name, uh, differing minds can be, sorry. You can have differing opinions as long as your name is not Nabate Isles. Okay. (laughs) Okay. Just as a reminder, there are some other candidates that are getting in this year. Buck O'Neill and Bud Fowler. Buck O'Neill should have been been in a long time ago. Minnie Minoso, Gil Hodges, Jim Cotton, Tony Oliva. And um, look. Minnie Minoso, I think, should have been in a while. The other three. Very nope. good. Jim nope. Cotton, the Hall of Famer. Nope. 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 Oh, Harold Baines. Nope. No, not that level. Oh, I think Cott is right at that level. Could be. Okay. Like, Cott didn't win 300 games. Oliva. No, like 280. Yeah, well, guess what? Harold Baines just got over 3,000 hits. So at least he at least got to the mark. It, it kind of reminds me, and, and and I remember Sam, uh, there was a, a quote by Sam Rice. Sam Rice finished, I believe, with 2,987 hits. And somebody asked him, why didn't you play another season to get to 3,000? His response was, I didn't know 3,000 was a big thing because nobody viewed it as a big thing in the 1930s. (laughs) Just wasn't a number. Okay. So, wow. Okay. An hour gone. And that was a good show. So, Seth, do you have something to say? Do I have something to say? Do I ever have something not to say? That's this is. Uh, do I ever not have something nonsense? Okay. I have, no, no, yeah, I can't. <laughs> no, that came out incorrect. Um, actually, I really don't have anything to say. Although I'm just kind of reading the, uh, what do you call it, about the Michigan settlement. I don't know if you saw this. Yeah, $490 million. $490 million. Yeah. Man, I hope they can afford to give Jim Harbaugh a raise. Oh, dude, one should have, one is insurance money. The other one is I'm not. not sure $490 million. How much of that is, is is insurance money? Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, okay. So we just – so I'm not sure if you saw this during the game, but Bruce Arians struck a player. Uh, gave a night – his own player uh, to get him out of a melee the other day during the, during the game. And it brought back uh, visions of the Ohio State Woody Hayes. And you – and I – No, I didn't see that. Yeah, he gave an elbow. He, he he slapped him upside the head and put an elbow to his shoulder pad to get him out of a melee. And I had to go back and look at what Woody Hayes did because I totally had forgotten what. Oh, Hayes did. But, but, but Woody Hayes literally threw a haymaker. Yeah, into the throat of a player, right. and not his own player. No, his other the other team because they intercepted the ball. Right. Very different. No, no, no. I get that. I get that, but. But it, yeah, just the thought of that. He pulled the Bob Knight, I mean, it was, except it was the other side, right? And it just makes you appreciate that. Thankfully, we had some video and somebody caught that because that was a a pretty big deal. Okay, uh, for Seth Caymans, I'm Sean Palmer, Seth and Sean Sports Radio here on Streamyard, and we will be back next week, uh, hopefully at our regular time of five o'clock. So have a great week, everybody. And we'll hopefully Sean has some pictures behind on his wall. I will have pictures on my wall. Promise. Oh, good. All right. Right.